In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Today's meditation is about apostolate. I'm aware of the bad reputation that this word has nowadays. There are some Christians and even some Catholics so confused that they see apostolate like a kind of coercion on ignorant people. But apostolate is the greatest thing we can do on earth. Let's see what do we read in the Gospel about the two most special commandments. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they got together and to disconcert him, one of them put a question. Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second resembles it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets also. Let's see how we can fulfill these commandments. The first one, how can we love God? We could say, fulfilling His will. And what's the will of God? Let's not get too complicated ourselves with this idea of the will of God. You know, I had a friend who told me that he was having big problems trying to fulfill God's will. That he asked God every morning and many times during the day, What was God's will? And he never got an answer. That he asked God, What do you want me to have for breakfast, tea or coffee? And that he never got an answer. God never said anything to him about tea or coffee. You see, that is not the will of God. What is it that God wants? We know it and we have heard it so many times. The only thing that we don't pay too much attention to it. It is the salvation of everyone. That's the will of God. Okay, He has died on the cross for that and he wants, and he wants to need helpers to bring people close to him. So that would be the answer to the first commandment. The will of God to help people to go to heaven. Second aspect of these commandments, or the second commandment. What is the best way of loving my neighbor, our neighbor? Well, do you think that helping him with gardening will be the best thing, or inviting him for a nice lunch or dinner? No. There is nothing that could be compared with bringing that person close to God. If you you give to someone in need some thousand pounds, you help the person for a while. But 
If you help someone to go to heaven, you are giving to him happiness for an eternity. Apostolate, that's the best way to go to heaven ourselves, helping other people to go to heaven. It is not the perfection of an immaculate life, which is impossible, but the transmission of the love of God to others. Think about it with Jesus. Remember how many people you have helped to get closer to God. Let's make a little bit of exam. And maybe we need to start by saying to Jesus, Jesus, sorry, I have been thinking about myself and helping no one to go to heaven. Don't be afraid of God and don't be afraid of your imperfections. Rather, be afraid of not doing anything for the salvation of others. Don't be so wrapped on your own business, looking for your own excellence, that you forget the only important thing, that is helping other people to go to heaven. Let's see if we understand the parable of the talents at once. I'm not going to read everything because it's very well known. Just the last one. Last came forward the man who had the single talent. Sir, said he, I had heard you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, and gathering where you had not scattered. So I was afraid, and I went off and hid your talent in the ground. Here it is. It was yours. You have it back. But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered. Well then, you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and on my return I could have got my money back with interest. The first thing that we need to understand is that a talent is not what we see or we understand in English. When we say that someone has talent, we say that the person has an ability or a skill that not everybody has. But a talent, and especially the way in which our Lord speaks in the, in the parable, 
is a measurement of silver that was equivalent to 6,000 6, denarios. And a denarius was the earnings of a worker in one day. So it's a lot of money that is given to him to do some business. So going back to the parable, he has been wrapped in his own things. He hides this amount of money because he wanted to do his, his own will. He has been robbed on his own things, in his studies, his thesis doctoral, in playing video games, in his music or her music, the skills that one could obtain playing football, or even in pursuing the Nobel Prize. All these things, really good. I'm not saying that they are bad or sinful, the opposite. It doesn't matter the reason why the person is self-centered. What matters is that it is far away from fulfilling the will of God with his life, bringing other people close to God, saving people. God wants the salvation of everyone. It is like Jesus, who loves everyone, is telling him, your life is a waste of time, even if you have achieved so much for yourself. How are we using our life, our time, our skills, the position in life that we have received through our families? Do you think God is happy in the way you are living your life? I leave you with him. excuses that we may give. The first one is the easy one. I don't know how to do apostolate. One doesn't need to do any special thing, because apostolate is love. Apostolate is friendship. Apostolate is to desire for the other the best one can do, one can achieve. And the best we can offer is an eternal life, full of love, full of God. The man of the talent, or the one talent, gave some excuses, but none was valid to Jesus. Love, friendship, you see, Peter, Andrew, John, James, Philip, Nathaniel, all were not just apostles, but friends. God wants you to open your heart to the others as they did. 
they always went to each other saying, we have found the Messiah. It doesn't matter if they don't believe. Love them and you will see miracles. They will listen to you. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the one about whom the prophet wrote. He is Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. From Nazareth, said Nathanael, can anything good come from that place? Come and see, replied Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming, he said of him, There is an Israelite who deserves the name, incapable of the seed. How do you know me? said Nathanael. Before Philip came to call you, said Jesus, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus replied, You believe that that just because I said, I saw you under a fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, I tell you most solemnly, you will see heaven laid open, and above the Son of Man, the angels of God ascending and descending. You will see miracles. And it was a miracle that Nathanael paid attention to, to Philip, to his friend. Philip was not discouraged because of the answer that Nathanael had given to him. But he said, well, come and see Jesus and you will find it out yourself. I hope you understand now that for a Christian, apostolate is part of his or her DNA. As the cross is part of Jesus' life and rice is part of a paella. Do you want to do apostolate? Start by growing in human virtues. Then you will attract other people because virtue is very attractive. Who is not attracted by someone who works very well? Or to a kind person? Or to a just person? Or to someone who never criticizes friends? All of us feel attracted to these people. If you are a person with faith, you have more obligation than others to show these virtues in your life. If a person says several rosaries and has one hanging on his or her neck but works badly or is never for the others, etc., that person will never attract anyone to Jesus. On the contrary, will put everyone off. San Jose Maria, in Friends of God, he says, Once a person is striving to improve in the human virtues, his heart is already very close to Christ. If he is a Christian, he will realize that the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, and all the other virtues which God's grace brings with it, are an encouragement never to neglect the good qualities he shares with so many of his fellow men. Let's remember that Jesus is perfect man and perfect God. Do we try to improve ourselves every single day?
even if it's just a little bit. And what else do we need to do? Because once they want to be our friends, we'll need to give them something. This something is Jesus, of course. But we can only pass Jesus to them if we are full of him, if we have Jesus in our hearts. St. Augustine says, is wasting his time preaching the word of God, who he is not a listener of it in his interior. Our spiritual life comes first. It should be the most important part of our day. With our human virtues, we'll need to develop a serious relationship with God. One thing brings the other. The closer we are to Jesus, the greater that we love what Jesus loves. And the closer we are to Jesus, the more authentic that we become and the easier that the apostolate becomes. Because apostolate is not what we say, but what we are. Christian life is not a theory about Jesus. It's Jesus himself. Either we become Jesus or we won't be able to pass anything to the others. Theories are beautiful, or could be beautiful, but they don't attract anyone. Words only are listening when we accompany them with deeds, especially charity, when they can see Christ in our life. You see, apostolate is not to go to the first person in the street and to ask if he or she believes in God, or to scare people by shouting they are going to hell. It is to be the best friends of our friends, and through normal conversation, and especially our example, 
with a greater respect for freedom to bring them closer to God. One little story to illustrate this. It happens in a hospice. I not want to say the place or the hospice, but it was really interesting, the story. That place people go, we could say, to die, I mean, to receive the palliative care before dying. He was, he was dying of cancer, had two weeks to live, and the chaplain of the place went to visit him, as he usually did with everyone. And he asked, well, if you need anything, if you want anything from me, or if you would like to have confession, I'm here, we can pray together, whatever you, you want. And the man answered to him, Father, I don't think so. Last time I was in a church, it was during the Spanish Civil War, to burn it. Okay, That is what he said. I say, no, I, it's not my theme. <laughs> Religion is not my theme, really. The priest went away and he said, well, still, if you change your mind, I'm here, anything you like. One week later, the man called the priest and said, I would like to speak to you and to go to confession. And the priest asked him, how is it that you have changed your mind? And he said, because here they have really loved me. It's the first time I have experienced life in my life. Look, that is apostolate. That is apostolate. It's not so difficult, isn't it? That is apostolate. It's not a theory. It's not apologetics, even if it has a lot of it, because we need to give explanations. But it is to love the world and to love people passionately, to bring our experience into the lives of others. In the way, San Jose Maria says, many great things depend, don't forget it, on whether you and I live our lives as God wants. The second excuse is no one wants to hear about God. Nowadays people are interested in other things. The churches are empty or with just few elderly people. This is not true. People are interested to hear about God and about the great questions of our life. 
That's when people don't get an answer. They turn into esoteric Gnostic theories. The real problem is that they don't have anyone to bring the truth to them. No one wants to hear about God. It's an excuse to do nothing and leads people to shrink into a cocoon mentality in which the world is seen as evil with bad influences everywhere. For these people, the only possible way to keep the faith is to close their families with other practicing Christian families in a very protected environment and to hope that better times will come later. This disposition is very negative and the opposite of what the apostles did. They didn't have any money or power or knowledge and the Greco-Roman society was not better than ours. But they went out to conquer the world as Jesus asked them. And he said to them, Go out to the whole world, proclaim the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Would you like to save everyone in the world? We must see those around us as Jesus saw the crowds around him, like sheep without a shepherd. The negative mentality we have considered brings to sin apostolate as conservation of what we have, which in time is a tendency of administrating failure. They will call it the sign of the times, since very few come to mass less closed churches. Let us rebel against it. There are fewer vocations, then let's pray with more intensity to the honor of the vineyard. Less people going to Mass, let's give ourselves heroic example of it. Rebels, let's be rebels, let's go out to the whole world and preach the gospel with our lives. Even there will be non-believers who will remind us of it, the failure of Christ. He has been failing for 21 centuries. Seeing things with the perspective of the moment, everything is a failure. Because even when we plant a seed in the ground, it looks like a failure. It doesn't grow immediately. The same with Christ and the redemption. When we read the Acts of the Apostles, we only remember the amazing miracles the apostles performed, but not the times they have to run for their lives because they were persecuted. And we read how many communities they created, but we don't see that these communities were quite small and subjected to heresies. Everything could have collapsed when they died, but they didn't, and it was 
three years later, when the Roman Empire converted. Everything we do for God is not wasted. It will bear fruit at the time and moment God knows. It reminds us that we don't do things for the present, but for the eternity. Besides, remember the multiplication of the loaves and fish. Our Lord doesn't need us to become superman or superwoman, but to give to him whatever we can do, a small sacrifice for our friends, a prayer, a moment of recollection in mental prayer, our hours of intense work, nothing in reality, but they are the fish and the loaves for the miracles. Our Lord will perform big miracles if we give him these little things. Because we are children of God, Jesus places the redemption in our hands, though he is the one who does everything. This is a huge sign of love and trust that we don't deserve. Let's give to him our loaves and fish of our lives. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs> 